It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. It's getting fun doing these Marlins Rewinds as we welcome you in. A very good morning, Steven Strom here. Marlins win yesterday 4-3, an exciting night at the ballpark. What did we learn yesterday? We learned and we are learning that the Marlins are just as good when they score first now as when they don't. They have come back three times here in the last week to show that they've got the ability to come back in these games down 3 nothing in the one yesterday against the San Francisco Giants. Just kept on chipping away, chipping away, and then Soler uh, sends the San Francisco Giants home packing as the Marlins take the first game of this three-game set. As always, the recap is told and narrated by your voice of the Marlins, Kyle Seeloff. Boy, what an exciting night here at Lone Depot Park in the series opener between the Marlins and the Giants. A late heroic effort from Jorge Soler propels the Marlins to their third come-from-behind victory of the season. They have just won their fifth one-run game, their 5-0 and in one-run contest after winning 20 and 64 tries in all of 2022. The Marlins have won five of their last six. The bullpen has been sensational. They've gotten good starting pitching. They've gotten good timely hitting, and the Marlins beat the Giants 4-3 to here at Lone Depot Park tonight. So welcome to the 10th inning show. Rod Allen is joining me, and Rod, I don't know where the heck to start, but I guess we'll go right to the bottom of the seventh. There was a lot that came before this, but Jorge Soler, holy cow, 12 hits this season, six doubles and five homers, a massive two-run bomb to lift these guys tonight. He's been locked in. Uh, he really has. Even in that double play that he hit into yesterday to end the game, that ball left his bat at an exit velocity over 100 miles an hour. And all, all the guys that have made adjustments after having poor years last year, he has been the one that has made the biggest adjustment for me. I just love the way he's swinging the bat right now. Tremendous confidence right now for Jorge Soler. How about Jazz? He had a really good night at the plate. Unselfish night tonight for Jazz. He had been swinging and missing a lot when he'd been in that number one spot. Today he came up with a couple of knocks. Both of those knocks came uh, with two strikes. He also stole a base, scored a run, drove in a run. Very unselfish game today for Jazz. I love the way that he played the game, and it also gives you an idea of what Jazz could do in that leadoff spot once he gets going. One other guy for you, Jesus Sanchez, was two for two tonight. He has been wearing it, and they've been wearing him out on the other side, but he had a multi-hit effort tonight. Yeah, give Skip Schumacher a lot of credit, man. He continues to use his entire 26-man roster. Uh, there's no one that comes out to this ballpark and sits on that bench that he will not use, and that's really good quality of a young manager not to overuse your players. Use everybody because you're going to need them all before it's all said and done. I'll ask you about Jesus Lazardo in a moment. But in the last 22 innings of work from the Miami Marlins bullpen, they've allowed nine hits and nothing else. They, they're winning the games. I mean, Solaire wins the game offensively, but this bullpen is winning the games. Well, good teams are built with good bullpens, and anytime you're winning all these close games, it's because you have a good bullpen. First, your starters kind of get you going. Luzardo wasn't as good as he had been lately, but when you do stub your toe as a starting pitcher, it's nice to know that you got the guys coming behind you in the bullpen can keep the score right where it's at until your offense kind of wakes up, and the offense woke up today against a really good pitcher in Logan Webb, and they were able to beat him. Marlins improved to 9-8 and eight 
Five and zero in one run games. What does that tell you? What does that mean when I tell you that? Well, they made an adjustment. I mean, Kim Ang, she went out and she got some players in here like Segura. She got a rise in here. She also brought Solaire in last year. All the players that she has brought in, they're all starting to perform uh, very well now, and that's why they're winning all these one-run games, and it's a confident bunch. I mean, once you start to win all these one-run games, you go into these games expecting to win late. Wow, that was a fun night, Rod. Thank you. Drive home safely, and uh, let's do it again tomorrow night at 640 when Edward Cabrera goes opposite of the left-hander of the southpaw, Alex Wood. All right, boss. I'll see you later. All right, that's Rod Allen. Let's take a listen to the highlights from this fantastic finish here at Lone Depot Park tonight. We'll pick things up in the top of the second inning. It was Elliot Ramos that gave the Giants the initial lead in this ballgame tonight. Really hard. The 0-1 pitch is hit really, really hard. Deep to left field. This is going to cruise over the head of De La Cruz and rattle off the base of the wall. Scoring is Bart. Going headfirst into second is Elliot Ramos. It's 1-0 San Francisco. That was back-to-back -back two out doubles from the Giants in the top of the second inning. That gave them a 1-0 lead. They would get two more in the third, courtesy of the second baseman, David Villar. With two out, the pitch swung on and cracked high in the air, deep to right center field. This is going to split the gap and roll all the way to the wall. Flores will score easily. Behind him is rough. There won't be a throw to the plate. It's a two-out, two-run double for David Villar, the University of South Florida product, and it's 3-0 San Francisco here in the third. So a 3-0 Giants lead, but the Marlins would immediately get one back in the bottom of the third inning thanks to Jazz Chisholm Jr., 1-2 pitch to Jazz as a bouncer back up the middle at a base hit. Jesus Sanchez flies around third. Jazz Chisholm Jr. has a two-out RBI single here at the bottom of the third inning. The Marlins are on the scoreboard. It's 3-1 San Francisco. That's when things got quiet offensively for just a little bit. Jesus Lazardo worked into the fifth inning in tonight's ballgame. With one out, there were a couple of runners on base. Skip Schumacher went out and got Lazardo, brought in Nardi. He threw two pitches, and he induced a 6-4-3 double play ball to get out of the top of the fifth inning. That was just the start to another sensational night by the Marlins' bullpen. We'll speed on to the bottom of the sixth inning. It was a 3-1 to one game. The Marlins were chipping away. They got a little bit closer with one out thanks to Luisa Rise. Nothing into the count to arise. Jazz stays put. Here's a ground ball through the right side to base hit. Ramos is on it in right field. There won't be a throw home. It's a one-out RBI single for Luisa Rise. It's 3-2 San Francisco here in the sixth. That came against Logan Webb. He allowed one run on two hits in the bottom of the sixth inning. Webb went back out for the bottom of the seventh. Segura singled. Sanchez singled. Segura was taking off on the Sanchez single. The Marlins had runners at first and third with nobody out in the bottom of the seventh inning. Nick Fortes came to the plate with a drawn-in infield. And Fortes, you don't see this very often, but he wrapped into a 6-4-3 double play. And it looked like it was going to be an inning killer for the Marlins. But with two outs and a runner at third trailing by one in the bottom of the seventh inning, Skip Schumacher called on Jorge Soler, who's been out the last couple of days with a cranky lower back. Soler good enough to swing the bat tonight, and boy, was it ever good enough with two outs and a runner on third in the seventh. Well, the count's nothing and one. Segura's still at third, and here's the pitch to Soler. He swings, high drive, deep, center field, way back. It's 4-3 to three, Miami. Off the bench, in a pinch, a two-run home run for Jorge Soler. 
A massive bomb from Jorge Soler. Bad back and all. Dead center field. Four to three Miami here in the seventh. They've come all the way back down three nothing early in this ball game. And that one massive swing proved to be the difference maker in this ball game tonight. Uh, let's see here. Matt Barnes worked around a little bit of trouble in the seventh after he walked the leadoff batter Lamont Wade Jr. He got to that unscathed. Dylan Floro, sensational. He is still not yet allowed a run this season. He's only allowed one hit. He pitched a perfect eighth. Skip Schumacher held up his left arm and said, I'm going to my big boy, A.J. Puck, in the ninth. Puck allowed an initial leadoff single to Joey Bart, who was sacrificed to second base. And after Brandon Crawford grounded out the second base for out number two in the ninth, the last straw and the last hope for the Giants tonight was the leadoff man, Tyro Estrada. For every strikeout this season, 25 bucks will be donated to the Drive Pink Initiative. 1-1 pitch to Estrada. Swing and a ball hit in the air left field. Going back is De La Cruz. He's got it measured. He makes the catch and the ball game is over. That's the third come from behind win of the season for the Marlins. All three coming in the last week. They're 5-0 in one run games this season. They've won five of their last six. They improved the 9-8. A.J. Puck's got another save. Wow. It's a heck of a night for the Marlins. There is a, no two ways around it. They beat the Giants 4-3. It's their fifth one-run win of the season. They're 5-0 in one-run games this season. The last 22 innings of work out of the bullpen have been scoreless. I mean, they're just getting contributions up and down the lineup from the starters. Uh, and in particular, I know the bullpen ain't swinging the bat, folks, but they're winning games. 22 shutout innings from this Marlins bullpen lately. I mean, they're first in the league in just about everything over the course of the last week. Uh, the Marlins have won five of their last six. They are guaranteed no worse than a 3-3 three and three homestand. They improved to 9-8 and eight this season. And this is a, a struggling San Francisco Giants ball club. They've now lost four in a row. They are winless on this road trip. They had their ace on the mound tonight after he signed the big $90 million deal last Friday. And Jorge Soler beats Logan Webb in the San Francisco Giants. Jesus Sanchez had a couple of hits, so two to Jazz Chisholm Jr. But the Marlins take the series opener, their first series opening victory of the season tonight. They win this one and come from behind fashion, their third comeback win of the season, 4-3 to three over the San Francisco Giants. For the Giants, three runs, seven hits, no errors, seven men left on base. For the Miami Marlins, four runs, nine hits, one error. They left four on base. Matt Barnes is your winner. He collects his first Miami Marlins victory, the 2018 World Series champion with the Red Sox. Logan Webb falls to 0-4. I would not say he ran into tough luck tonight. He ran into a really good Marlins ball club. He gives up four. The last two big ones, they were in the bottom of the seventh. A.J. Puck puts the finishing touches on his second save as a Miami Marlin worked around that leadoff single from Joey Bart in the top of the ninth inning. So he, uh, bend, uh, he, he bent just a little bit, didn't break. Started this ball game at 6.40. It ended at 8.59. Total game time, two hours and 19 minutes in front of 8,744 at Lone Depot Park on this Monday night in Miami. The Marlins improved to 9-8. and eight. They improved to 6-5 and five at home. They have played some really, really good ball clubs to open up the season. They have held their own and then some. For the Miami Marlins, as we take a look at the pitching totals from this ball game tonight, they struck out eight. 
That means that $225 will be donated to AutoNation's DriveMink Initiative. The Marlins and AutoNation have again partnered on a campaign to strike out cancer. And tonight, $225 will be donated to the Drive Pink Initiative. All right, Kyle, thank you very much. Let's head down to listen to a very happy, very happy Skip Schumacher following the 4-3 win over the San Francisco Giants. Skip Solaire's pinch hit there in the seven and his numbers against Webb over 10, I think seven strikeouts. What made you feel confident in him in that situation? Um... Yeah, I, that was a that was obviously a huge hit. I um, told him that I was gonna you know be available Sunday day off, but be available to pinch hit, and he was ready. I don't think he thought it was gonna be against Webb. I'll be honest with you. Um, one of the reasons why he didn't play today, but um, you know, just a testament to him on still having confidence that he can do it, even though he really struggles against Webb. Um, prepared the right way up there with Jason Hart and. Um, and came up and, you know, felt like he was going to do it. And uh, that's not easy to do when you have, you know, 0 for 10 with seven punches. So, um, yeah, huge hit, huge moment, and uh, exciting win for us. I know you, you weren't here last year, but a struggle for him with the injuries and, um, and the performance-wise. What have you seen from him early this year? Well, it started in the offseason. He was coming every day, training with um, our training staff and trying to get right. Um, yeah, it's a credit to our training staff of uh, – you know, being here for him every single day and Solaire coming in, not checking a box, but actually trying to get better. And he knows what he means to this team and this lineup. And when he's right, I mean, he's as potent as anybody in that offense in the middle of the order. And, um, you know, we need him to go. And when he goes, we, I mean, we win. I mean, he's won us a few games already just by himself and he can carry a team for, you know, a month straight and that type of thing. So, um, yeah, I'm, uh, to credit to him in the, in the work ethic he's had and, and continues to have uh, so far during the season. A great come from behind victory down 3-0 and early, but you wouldn't really be able to tell from how calm the team looked. What do you see from your team when they've got their backs against the wall? Yeah, Webb was giving us trouble. It's a good pitcher. And, you know, a lot of weak contact early, um, some frustrating uh, guy, frustrated guys in there. Um, and, he, you know, he was, he was tough on us. The slider was working, the sinker was working. The changeup was, uh, you know, a na- nasty today. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. It was just a good pitch, and um, you know, get a couple guys on, and um, you know, Jazz had a couple, a couple good swings, you know, stolen bases, and um, you know, all of a sudden it's three to two, and you feel like you have a chance, and that's all you can ask for late. Is you know, it, again, our bullpen kept us in the game, though, you know, and um, you know, when your bullpen gives you a shot and keeps you in the game then stuff like this happens. If your bullpen comes in and gives up three more, then you feel super defeated uh, in there. So, uh, again, credit to our bullpen for keeping us in and giving us a chance to win a game like that. I was going to ask about the bullpen, but specifically the Nardi first uh, inning and two-thirds and then that broken bat, did that hit him or did you see anything? (laughs) I don't really know what happened. I I tried to look at it and then um, stuff was happening. I I saw him stand up, Mm -hmm. so then I just started trying to figure out how to navigate navigate the game after that but he's fine he came out fine uh, smiled about it after but yeah that's a tough lineup because they flip out you know they have good righty good lefty matchups and um, you know luckily for our guys they can get righties and lefties out I feel confident I knew there's a good good chance he was going to get some righties you know when he came in the game and um, he's just you know 
continues to impress us, you know, all spring long and early on in the season, he's been able to do, um, you know, what he's been doing and, you know, high leverage or keep us in the game in those middle innings. And, um, yeah, it's been fun to watch. With Lazardo, the guys pitched on high, especially with those second and third innings. Just what did you see out of Zeus today? Yeah, they, they just put tough at-bats against him. And, you know, they, there's deep counts. And, it, you know, caught up to him late in the game and had to pull him because of, the, you know, the deep counts and, you um, just felt like he couldn't put anybody really away today early. You know, they battled from like an 0-2 or 1-1 to a 3-2 count, a lot of 2-2 counts, and, um, you know, still has good stuff. They just uh, fought off a lot of tough pitches and um, got his pitch count up, and that's kind of what happens. But, you know, I, he, still had a, he still had his stuff. It just wasn't um, as sharp maybe as he's, you know, last few starts. Going back to the bullpen, um you know, does that make it easier for you when guys can go, you know, go against lefties or righties? Because this is probably the first time you've had to do bullpen management and make decisions. Maybe when to pull Lazardo, how long to get Nardi to go out there and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, I was really lucky last year of you know with Ollie and I just going back and forth on that stuff. It was you know really good for me and um, the years before in San Diego, but. Yeah, I, I, you know, again, I brought, you know, Rod and Pipe and, you know, Stott, and they, they understand we have meetings before of um, kind of a group, you know, meeting of, you know, we have an idea of where guys fit, and it's my job and our job to put guys in the right spots for them to succeed. And, um, you know, we try to do that at least, and if it happens, great. If not, you know, that's okay too, but that's kind of the, our role and our job to do. And, um, you know, they've been really good at, you know, whatever position we put them in. And, um Again, it's credit to them if we put them in the fifth, sixth, or the seventh and eighth. Um, we put them in different spots, different roles, and they've taken a hold of it and, and run with it, and it's, uh, it's, it's been great. I know he came a moot point because of the home run, but the balk, non-balk, how they let that happen before Solar's home run, what was the explanation you got there? Oh, you just have to show them if you're going from the windup or the stretch. Two of the umpires saw from the windup, one did not, and so they just had to clarify. That's why I called Bach if because he, he didn't see him declare, but it, it, they were right. That was the right call. Didn't really affect the game for you guys, but another, I guess, pitchers kind of whether it was covering the base or the errant throw. Just what are you saying? I, you know, pregame you guys were doing some PFPs, but yeah, it's funny because we marked that on the schedule when we got home uh, a few days ago. Like first day of this series, we're going to do PFPs, and then to get out in front of it and not be reactionary, right? And then you know, two PFPs of Lazardo and Sandy, and you're just like, okay, it looks like it's, we're reacting to that, but we're trying to, you know, once a homestand during the season, you know, we will try to do a PFP or cut relay, that type of stuff, just to clean up some fundamental. And, you know, so it looks like we're panicking, but I promise you we're not panicking. Those are um, plays that we expect Sandy and, and Zeus to make. And, um, you know, I, I they will tell you that it's more mental than physical. And, um, and so luckily it didn't uh, affect us today. Jesus Sanchez on base all three times uh, today. What have you seen from him um, and how he's been early on in the season? I mean, there's no secret that, you know, he's one of our left-handed bats that needs to get going and go. Um, we don't have too many lefties, especially off the bench, that, you know, we can flip out at, uh, against a tough righty. Um, great swing, you know, the double and the gap, um, hit by pitch, and then um, – you know, obviously the 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 white the walk last at bat is that we did. Uh, I can't remember. Single, single, you're right. right. Uh, They're single. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, there. yep. Um, so yeah, big at bats um, for us today. But that's what we need out of him is um, consistency. And you know, if he's consistent, then you know it helps a lot of guys. You know, get off days. Um, you know, when they need off days, especially against a tough righty. So um, a really good day for him. And you know, hopefully we can keep building off of that.
noticed that jazz was pretty much was burning free out there, but wasn't really able to take the extra base because of the uh, guys uh, fouling off pitches. Are you going to be asking guys not to swing when jazz is running, or just more situational? Or no, we don't. We don't shut the swing down if they get a cookie to hit. Then we want them to hit it. Um, you know, if if it's a strike. So if it's a you know a curveball in the dirt or something above their head that type of thing, um, but we trust them to swing at strikes unless you see this like giant, uh, you know like lead and stolen base where he takes off early and the guys in pit you know that type of thing where you just completely shut it down. But when you have a guy like Webb who is really good, um, you just you, it's tough to just spot him strikes and um, you know base hit right there. Now we're first and third or something. You never know what happens um, in in that regard. So. Um, if they're strikes, totally okay with it. If they're, you know, we're with our game plan, if their ball's kind of out of the zone and that's not what you're looking for and you're just kind of swinging to swing and you don't see it, yeah, then we'll, we'll have a conversation. But um, I'll have to look at it again, but I think they're both, you know, good pitches to hit. Um, AJ Puck has really proved himself in these high leverage situations. Is that something you want to see him more of this season or is it something <laughs> more committee type? Yeah, no, I, yeah, uh, yeah, I, Flow and puck, depending on, you know, kind of the lanes are, you know, where where I see them at. So the, you know, kind of a, a righty heavy lane or a lefty heavy lane, depending on the eighth or ninth inning is where I'm going to see those guys throw um, a lot. And if they need, you know, some days are down, then that's when the other night you saw uh, Tanner go in the game and, and close it out for us. So, yeah, you'll see, I, you know, I, I don't say that's why I didn't name like a closer. Um, even though Puck has got the majority of those of those innings, um, and he's done great. There's no, there, I mean, there's no reason for me to shy away from him in the ninth inning. Um, but I will say that if there's, you know, a, the game is on the line in the eighth inning with a lefty lane, I got no issue throwing Puck there either because you can lose the game in the seventh inning as well. So a seventh and eighth inning as well. So I got no issues of of going back and forth, and and those guys are totally comfortable with that as well. Okay, that was Skip Schumacher. Let's head down and listen to what Jesus Lozardo had to say following his start against the Giants. Yep. All right, Jesus, the night where maybe your stuff isn't sharpest, what do you need to do? What did you have to do to uh, battle through it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like I definitely didn't have my best stuff, but um, days like that come and go. I just feel like we have to do our best as starting pitchers to keep the team in the ballgame as much as possible. and. Um, just find ways to get guys out, uh, whether it's, you know, using other parts of the strike zone or using other pitches. Um, you know, obviously struggled today, especially with the slider, but uh, felt like we were able to at least keep the team in the ballgame for the most part. So that being said, I mean, you're not going to shut them out every single time. So what do you take away from these types of starts? Yeah, I mean, I feel like um, obviously it's frustrating, but at the same time, I feel like in maybe 21 or 20 earlier in my career, uh, would have spiraled out of control, maybe not three runs, maybe it would have been five, six, seven. Uh, I also, you know, have to tip my cap to Nardi coming in and getting a big double play there. Um, so just little things like that, little things that I can take away and, uh, you know, try to find the positive uh, silver lining of everything. Uh, not just Nardi, the whole bullpen, again, four and two-thirds shutout to help you off the trial. We're just seeing the group do what it did today, and they've been doing it for most of the season, too, already. Yeah, I mean, uh, I feel like the, the, the bullpen's been nails lately and the whole season. And, um, you know, as a, as a starter, we, we thank them a lot. And, um, you know, I see all the work that they put in and, and how serious they take their job. And, um, 
you know, we appreciate every time they come in and close the door like they did. So, uh, you know, it keeps us in the ball game and allows us to do what we did and come back. So, uh, you know, we're obviously thankful to have them there. Were you in here for Soler's home run? I was in here, yeah. It was me, Nardi, and uh, Barnes, and we were all watching. And, yeah, I mean, it was incredible. Just as soon as he hit it, he kind of stood there, and we, we kind of knew. I mean, Soler's a big guy. Once he gets a hold of one, um, you kind of know. But uh, just being able to, you know, for him, happy for him to come in there, pinch hit in a big spot, and, he, you know, he comes through. So we're super happy. Uh, David Villar on their side. You guys go back in your high school days, right? Way before high school, yeah. I, I, me and Villar played uh, West Pines, Nike Cobras. I don't know if anyone knows that. Uh, when I was like nine, uh, so we we go way back, and um, you know it was it was a good battle. Um, upset and frustrated at the pitch that I left him for 0-2, but obviously I had to tip my cap. That's that's a good hitter, and um, you know you put a, put a good swing on it. When's the last time you faced him? Probably high school when I was at Douglas and he was at Heritage. So, yeah, it's been a long time. What's it like to see another one, South Florida kid, coming up, one who you're close with, to see him starting to come up here and starting to get his chance? Yeah, I mean, uh, frustrating that it was against me, but uh, obviously happy. You know, he's a good dude. And um, just being able to see all the talent in South Florida and see kids that um, I grew up playing against and with and, uh, you know, having success, I think it's just good for good for us, good for, as a community as well in South Florida. And, I mean, another Broward County kid, so I'm happy for him. All right, that was Jesus Lazardo. We are right back at it. 610 Marlins on deck with me, Steven Strom. 640 first pitch, Rod Allen and Kyle Seeloff will have your call. Very excited. Let's flip the M together, Miami, and continue this homestand. Thanks for rewinding with us. Let's flip the M together, Miami. This is the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.